0: Good afternoon, welcome to the Fontanel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another day of trading made for another interesting one. We did see some higher numbers happening within our grain complex and yes, even the wheat had some green on the screen. But if we flip the page over to the livestock side, a lot of negativity minus, of course, the, the higher numbers seen in the feeder cattle. A lot of influences that we see in today's trade. We'll talk a little bit about what's been going on with the strong meal market, what's going on in the soybeans, weather in South America and then not to forget that this Friday we've got a double whammy we have a cattle on feed and a hogs and pigs report that is headed our way lots of volatility as we head into this holiday feel of a market well joining us to digest it all is darren fry of course darren is with water street advisors and like i mentioned just another interesting day in this trade let's talk about these higher soybeans because and as you put it uh, before we started today's Fontenelle final bell the soybeans really aren't ready to do any rollover yet
1: No, they're not. You know, we find that they're up 16 cents today, and I think the main reason is the meal won't break. We've seen a big move in meal, as we've seen uh, oil shares, you know, be under pressure over the last couple weeks, and people really out of position in meal, and that has propelled the bean higher because it's 81% of the bean when you crush it, along with weather that isn't quite wet enough in Argentina to get the trade scared. And we've done a lot of fun liquidation here over the last, you know, couple months, So we're not holding that sizable of a position in beans. We are in meal, but the trade doesn't seem to be concerned right now with the dryness that continues to persist in southern Brazil and Argentina.
0: What do you see as that big push for the meal at this point?
1: I know a lot of it was just um, unwinding people that were short. People were really bearish. I do think there's going to be an opportunity to be short. But this is one of those cases, just like we've seen in other markets other years, where there's just no way this can rally, whatever this is. I've seen it in wheat before where it's so bearish and we're trading, you know, three or four dollars in wheat and it's going to go lower. And then all of a sudden you get a $2 rally and nobody saw where it came from. And I think that's where technical analysis can come in because once the, the meal started getting above 420, something was wrong. I mean, it's going a lot higher and we've seen it get over 460, 465 area. But I think it was just people caught short out of position. And eventually, uh, we will have a nice short here in the meal market.
0: We look at uh, export-wise, and and things have been pretty quiet, especially on a Tuesday.
1: Yeah, you know, there's not much happening in the sales. That's the big problem with our corn market is, you know, we're 48% behind for for this time of year, year to date, compared to last year on sales. We're 29% behind on inspections. And the big thing is China's not coming here for corn. In fact... Uh, typically, they don't come here. They came here in 2020 and 21 as they are needing corn. But since Brazil's been approved, they've been getting stuff from there. And, of course, they still have Ukraine they could pull from or other players in the world can pull from. And so we're just missing out on that. You know, bean exports are OK. Wheat exports are a little bit better than what we thought they'd be on Monday. But, man, corn is just sucking tail fumes here and that's why corn has really some hard sledding ahead of it if we want to move the market higher
0: especially as we watch what happens with the with the planting progress in argentina and brazil and how this crop is going to do as we move forward
1: yeah so they're way behind as you just said and they are going to be planting the rest of that corn crop in argentina between now and january 15th the weather from january 1st to march 15th is going to be critical if we see more moisture starting to leak into that area and then kind of feeds on itself and they get more moisture over some of those areas again, and you start having a little bit of topsoil moisture, then things are going to be kept you know, moving in the right direction. But if we see the pattern that exists today press into the middle of January or the end of January, there's no doubt they're going to have a trend line yield that's well below 10 or 12 percent normal.
0: And I, and I know our U.S. dollar is having a big factor as well playing on these export opportunities.
1: Yeah, the U.S. dollar, you know, has been strong for a year, year and a half. It's been moving up. We've seen a nice break here lately. Uh, so from, yeah, 114, 115 area back down to 103. I do think the dollar is going to have a surge higher again, but it's trying to find its footing here. It's trying to have a tradable low in place. We just don't have it yet, although I think we're in the vicinity where that could take place from. So as that goes higher, that will put some pressure on our markets, especially those that need to be exported.
0: Do you see some nervousness or should there be some nervousness for U.S. trade because export numbers are down like they are?
1: Well, I would think so. You know, it's um, we know the feed demand has been good and we know the base has been running hot out west and there's corn moving east to west. And we know ethanol has been good, but with the energy prices coming down, those margins have shrank. We know exports have never been good this year. And so I think the the problem or the challenge for the American farmer who's still holding grain is, The basis is is weakening, and he needs it to go the other way, and he needs prices to stay up. And I don't think that's going to happen unless we really have a problem in Argentina. Otherwise, we're going to be in a declining market into our spring, April or May plantings here in the United States.
0: Well, you talk about uh, the dollar. Let's talk about Japan and what type of role they played.
1: Well, Japan overnight surprised the trade by raising their Uh, Yield on their 10-year and basically from 25 to 50 basis points that strengthened Their currency and that made the dollar go down There is sensitivity there because you know They were the last economy that really had cheap money and they were not raising and now they are and I think that shocked a lot of People but it really affected outside markets and we saw some pretty big moves as a result of that and that came out in the early a.m. Hours here this morning but now we're digesting it. Things are trying to return back to normal, and we'll see what the dollar can do as we move forward in time.
0: Definitely going to be interesting to see if that trend continues into these final trading days of uh, 2022.
1: Yeah, it will. Well, one thing's for sure. It's going to be thin the last few days of the year here. You know, we got Christmas coming up. We've got a shortened week next week, and that always increases volatility when half the trade is out.
0: All right, well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue on this Tuesday. We come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what's happening in the on the grain side of things before we flip the page and look at what's happening on the livestock. Definitely got that holiday feel underway. And don't forget, two big reports coming out from a livestock perspective on Friday. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.
1: Results are in for 2022, and Fontenelle does it again in farmer-managed trials this past season. Fontenelle's three top yielding corn products had an 8.3 bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume products. That's a 68% win rate on farms just like yours. Contact your local Fontenelle hybrids dealer or go to fontenelle.com to learn more. Results calculated using 15% moisture. We can follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices.
0: Welcome back to the F- now Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fry. Darren, of course, with Water Street Advisors. we leave off uh, quickly on this uh, grain side of the happenings and higher numbers once again on the corn and the beans. That's got to put some pressure on this livestock.
1: Yeah, you know, livestock um, margins, I mean, obviously higher feed costs are always not good for the livestock producer and especially out west where the the feed has been short, and they've had to move it with freight costs from east to west, especially corn, as they had a bad drought out there. So the base has been really strong, so they've paid more for stuff. And we've, we've just not seen the hogs perform as well as we'd like to, given the drop in numbers over the last two or three quarterly reports. And so I think cattle and hogs are going to move higher, and they really need to. But what would help the producer a lot as well is cheaper feed prices and right now we just haven't seen those markets break back in a way that is meaningful enough to improve their feeding margins.
0: We know that there's been a pullback, especially when it comes to, to heifer retention. Having said that, we have a cattle on feed report that comes out on Friday, Darren. Is there a chance we might start to see those, that information come available?
1: I sure hope so. You know, we've been talking about smaller numbers, and definitely we keep pushing this out quarter by quarter, but the expectations are leaning a little bit bullish for this Friday's cattle on feed report. They're thinking the total number on feed will be down 2 to 3%. Placements are in line, markings up one. So you connect that with a really bad winter storm coming in, cold temps. Uh, freezing snow you know all the the conditions of a blizzard and we could see a a faster uh, recovery here and a push out of this consolidation area where cattle have been in so I am looking up the charts look good we just need the catalyst some fundamental that gets us over uh, those numbers on the chart that would let us go higher and I'm kind of looking up into that you know 159 162 area is where i think cattle and feb are going to go but we need to thrust out of this consolidation to get that accomplished
0: having said that is it something that's going to take a month two months kind of what's the overall picture
1: yeah i don't think so i think the timing on the chart is we should be at those highs in the next um, three to six weeks if we're not and i kind of thought it would be time with february sometimes you see that with weather uh, then I don't think we're going to do it. I don't think the chart can wait longer than that. I think we need to break out here, and any trade above one fifty six fifty is going to have me thinking we're on our way.
0: We're heading into a shortened week uh, coming next week. Having said that, do we expect cash um, midweek, or is this going to be a, a possible Friday numbers available?
1: Well, you know, I think they could back off a little bit because they will have a shortened kill week. The Packers, but they do have strong deep prices that's boosted their margins. They will want to kill all they can. But having said that, with um, Christmas falling on the weekend, somebody, you know, a lot of these companies uh, taking Monday off, I would imagine they would have some shortened kill times. And as a result, as they go dark, they mean that just means they won't have to bid up as many, uh, as high to get them. And so I would expect that next week and then stronger cash after the first of the year again.
0: We also have a quarterly hogs and pigs report as well on Friday.
1: Yeah, we do, and that's really uh, leaning, I think, a little bit friendly as well. Again, expecting numbers continue to contract, and, you know, hogs have been pretty volatile in a in a large range. We've seen them go up a lot and then down a lot, and they still are acting pretty thin in there as they trade, but I do think that we would have maybe a buy signal here later in the week. I think hogs could move back up into that 96 to 100 area of February. And I really like them for up. But they're trying to put in a tradeable low. They haven't done it yet. But I like the action down here in this area where they're trading as they trade in that 84, 84.50 area.
0: We talked a little bit about uh, weather at the beginning of segment two. But having said that, obviously, this storm system that's moving in isn't going to have as much of an effect <clears throat> Excuse me on the hog perspective. But definitely could weigh on these cattle. Maybe not this week, but into the weeks to come.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think the biggest thing uh, with the hog situation uh, obviously isn't whether it's it's China and, and all of the COVID activity over there. You know, they've had a surge again, and we see their hog prices are dropping sharply. And that just means they're not going to need U.S. exports uh, for pork. And so I think that's a big problem for our corn demand, but also for our pork demand. And that's tied to China. I mean, they're the silverback gorilla, the elephant in the room. And what they do matters. And right now we see them absent from both of those markets.
0: Lots of things that we talked about today. Real quick, what's the one thing we need to watch before year end?
1: I think you need to take advantage of these grain prices. I don't think we're going to continue to sit up at these levels, whether that's close to 15 bucks on beans or close to 660, 670 on corn. I think we're going to be rolling these markets over as we roll into next year i think things could improve in argentina and if they don't then i'm probably wrong about what i just said but we're going to have to have some pretty severe weather down there in in increasing severity to get corn up through 680 otherwise we're headed lower into 23 so last word is hey take advantage of these prices while we got them all right they're good
0: best way for folks to get a hold of you
1: they can always call me at 866-249-2528 or look me up on Twitter at fry underscore WSS.
0: All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.